Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Hi, I'm Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for joining me. I'm excited today. We are going to be talking marketing. I, I, I haven't done that very often. I've, I think I've only had one other marketing person from a, from a uh, you know, independent freelance, and now I have a creative gentleman coming on today. So really, what we're going to talk about is branding. And frankly, unless you've been hiding under a rock or sitting in your bedroom staring at the wall during the pandemic or previous before the pandemic, you've heard the term brand or branding. And if you're a business owner, you certainly know about your brand. But what you may not really understand is what is a brand, right? So depending on who you're talking to, you know, what that brand stands for and how you leverage it in your business to differentiate yourself from your competitors and to build relationships with your customers. That is the question. And that is what the brand is about. So today on the show, I have Bronson Ma, Chief Creative Officer of Bronson Ma Creative to talk about brand and brand building. So stay tuned. Here's my views on brand, my commercial. Building an effective brand strategy continues to be one of the most difficult tasks companies face today. Without a doubt, it remains the most common misstep companies make as they want to get right to the tactics and skip the insights in the brand strategy work. Utilizing market intelligence and consumer insights and assessing the competitive environment are the steps you need to take in order to arrive at a brand strategy that's simple, concise, direct, competitive, and above all, meaningful to your audience. There are many aspects to developing or repositioning your brand, so the following five questions keep these in mind. One, what perception do you want to own with your brand? Two, what are the core values that guide your behaviors? Three, what are your unique differentiators that help you create and leverage your brand? Four, do you have a strong point of view and clearly stand for something? And five, what is your brand promise? And remember to consider all market influences when defining your brand positioning, your values, your overall strategy, and ultimately your messaging. Click the link to download a free ebook on storytelling and to book an appointment to explore the benefits of using the fractional CMO. Thank you for listening. As I said, I have Bronson Ma, Chief Creative Officer of Bronson Ma Creative, to talk about brand and brand building. Bronson, welcome to the show. Thank you, Angelo. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I know we talked, boy, uh, last fall, I think, somewhere maybe November, December, uh, originally, and uh, you had actually found me because you heard one of my shows. Yes, yes. It was rich that I listened to the first show and really found the show to be very insightful. So he made the introduction to you, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, fantastic. And obviously, we're we're kind of in the same field. I'm more on the strategic side of marketing. You're a little more on the creative side. So, um, so I think that was going to make for a good conversation today as we talk about branding and brand values and what the heck is a brand and all that kind of stuff. And um, but before we get down that path, why don't we take a few minutes, or you take a few minutes and tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your business? Yes, thank you. So I'm the chief creative officer of a small B2B creative agency. 
who we are is we work with small to mid-sized B2B organizations in the construction, industrial, manufacturing, professional services, and te technology sectors. And how we help them is we help them renovate, strengthen, and grow their brand. That's the high level. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I like the high level. I'm, we're going to dig into some of the details as we go along. But, I mean, you've had your business now, I think I saw about 17 years. Did I read that right? Yeah, nearly 18 years. It'll be 18 years in June of this year. All right. You must have started with, what, you're five years old or something? I mean, my God. <laughs> I do look much younger if the audience can see me than my age. So I've actually been around the block quite a few times. So I just got that Asian youthful look to me. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's uh, – yeah. Okay. We won't, we won't get on that path of youth and age and all that kind of good stuff, but uh, you're seasoned. I like that. We're, we're, you and I are seasoned professionals um, yes. as opposed to, I know I used to tell uh, my wife would hear me talking. My wife was, is also in marketing and, and uh, has been a senior level marketer, not only in an agency, but also for several corporations. And uh, one day she heard me saying, I'm a senior level, senior level marketing. She goes, you're not a senior, you're experienced. I go, oh, yeah, good point. Uh, seasoned versus senior. Because, um, yeah, I do have a little gray hair, not much, but a little. Like so, 18 years, you've done something well. But I know, and you know, and the audience knows, if, if they have a business, that every day, I call it new business day. You can never stop working on new business. So when you think about growing and continuing to grow your firm, what, what keeps you up at night? Um, other than bad Chinese food I had the night before, I think um, <laughs> <laughs> we all have things, right? Um, for me, the one thing that comes to mind is unresolved issues. And what I mean by that is from a business or a client or a creative angle, and it's not necessarily bad things in terms of unresolved is my, because I'm in the creative side of things and creativity is pretty much 24 seven for me. Sometimes I just like to have things resolved, meaning like, you know, close this deal with the business contract or come up with this idea or more ideas with this presentation or just how do I manage the different uh, team members and things like that. So I think the, the stuff that are just kind of ongoing and maybe unresolved in some degree kind of keeps me kind of thinking about them. And I can't wait until the next morning to kind of tackle them and really kind of check them off the list to some degree. As you know, we're never going to check off everything, right? Because there's going to be new boxes appearing every, every day. Well, that, that's for sure. I, I was actually making my, I've been doing my every day, first thing in the morning, I make my to-do list and it, and I noticed that it just never seems to shrink. It just keeps getting bigger and I, I'm, I'm praying I can check off a few boxes, but it, it doesn't take much to, to change things. But you said a good point. So it, and I think when we discussed, and I, I believe that my audience knows that I, I've worked in the advertising agency business for a long time. And I remember as we prepared that presentation or, or, you know, that client meeting, you, you never felt, you felt like you were ready, 
And then you walk into that meeting and it's like, man, I should have done or I should have done this or I should have done that, especially as you're kind of going along. So, you know, preparation is key and and planning. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as we go along, because it just doesn't happen overnight. Uh -uh. Looking at your brand and positioning your brand and, and building your brand. I tell I tell people all the time, brand building takes time. It, you just can't decide here's who I am and the world's going to know about it. You have to nurture it and take care of it. And one of the things that's happened really with with social media, if you will, the digital world, is you can spend years building your brand and in 30 seconds or less, you can now destroy it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, so how do you how do you work with your clients and 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 we'll kind of come back to the brand building part of it but but about nurturing their brand and making sure that they 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 cherish it and and you know frankly feed it water it feed it and care for it to make sure that it, it doesn't get sidetracked as they're out there communicating and their teams are out there talking to folks yeah no that's an excellent question angelo um and and honestly i think a lot of times a lot of organizations don't really recognize or realize they have a brand or, or they don't know what a brand is. You know, they think a brand is a logo or a website or the color scheme. And I think nowadays, because I think the word brand and branding is really kind of more relevant. And so I think people are starting to catch on what that really means. I am seeing that word used more and more. And um, so I think that's helping a little bit, but I think, there's just a lot of a lot of organizations when they think of branding or brand, they think about a logo or a color scheme or the website. They think that's the brand. And, and, and you and I know that's just the brand. That's just the reflection of a brand. So you ask the question, how does a company nurture the brand and, and 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 you're right it does take time it, it takes intentional effort to do that i think if you just don't do anything the brand is going to become something on its own that whatever the audience or your customers think what the brand is they're going to form the brand for you which you don't want that to some degree because you want to help manage that you want to help direct them in terms of what your brand stands for. And I think there are ways to help kind of nurture and direct that path for your audience. I mean, ultimately, I think at the end of the day, your brand, at least the brand perception is formed by others, not you. Um, and over time, if, if, if that resonates with your audience, then, then everything become true for them in that regard, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the, it, there's a, a, quote by uh, Scott Cook, who um, I'm not sure if he still is, but he was the CEO of Inuit. And I use it all the time in a lot of my presentations. It's a brand is no longer what we tell the customer it is, it is what the customers tell each other it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's extremely important. There used to be an old, an old commercial, uh, I'm probably going to date myself a little, but I think it was Prell or one of those kind of shampoos. And it was like, you tell a friend and she'll tell two friends and they'll tell two friends and they'll tell two friends and, you know, show this replication of people on the screen. And, and I, I always think about that when we talk about protecting the brand and telling this brand story, because just as easily as it is, it, you can tell a positive story and people tend to want to 
not tell positive stories as much as they want to tell negative stories, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's a real back to that kind of defensive posture. It's like a competitive offense and defense. You, the same thing with your brand. You have to constantly be nurturing it, and I call it the you know the health, a constant health checkup. We, I had a guest on the other day. We talked about financial health checkup. I've done presentations on brand health checkup. And, and, but people don't necessarily, or business owners, if you will, don't necessarily think about that is how are they protecting their brand? How are they understanding their brand? And frankly, the, the conversation that we're having is, is what really is the brand. I, I use this, I call it four pi, four P-I, big P, little I, it, when I think about branding. So what's my purpose? What's my positioning? What's my promise? What's my personality? And what's my identity? Mm -hmm. And that goes back to your statement of, it's not about just a logo or it's not about the visual aspects. And and that's where I get involved with, with clients. It's about that communications, that strategic side, that how do we craft from a, from a, a written standpoint of what that brand stands for? And then how do you execute that and be consistent with the visuals? I, I, I find, and, and, and I'm looking for your opinion on this, is clients get bored and tired of their creativity or their work, what's out there, way faster than their customers do or their audiences, right? Because they're not living with it every day. How, how do you kind of combat a, a client who, who prematurely wants to start changing, you know, the, the visual aspects of their brain or their brand or their brain too? <laughs> well, I, I think we have to then step back, right, as trust, trusted advisors to really help them kind of look at the bigger picture of things and always ask the questions, why are you doing this, right? I think in a lot of times what we have experienced is that when clients come to us, you know, they're always a very specific deliverable, right? Rather it's a, it's a new website or we need a new logo, right? It's very kind of specific to a certain aspect of the brand or the brand reflection. But we, you and I know that there's more to it, right? We need to kind of dig deeper and understand what, what is the, the purpose and, 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 and then really kind of help position and set the tone and strategy and, and differentiation, all those things that really then those items, those reflection, those things will then come as a reflection of the strategy, right? If there's an order, there's a sequence to how we do things and we have to be strategic about how we do it and, and, and take the necessary resources and time and experts to, to come up with that. So, you know, I often talk about, um, you know, rebranding and, and facelift and, you know, a true rebrand really it's beyond skin deep. You have to go beyond that. It's not just the pretty pictures of the website or even the messaging, how everything sounds. You have to dig deeper because if you just make a website or your logo and your identity system, everything look and sound good, but there's really no nothing substance behind it. To me, that's a facelift. That's not a rebrand. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I, I'm actually uh, going through a, I'm going to say rebrand because we're, we're digging deep and um, going to be hopefully launching that. And uh, I'm already behind schedule, but my new target date's March 1st. And to your point, 
in, in looking even at as a marketer and, and, and you just went through kind of a, I'll call it a refresh or a, a facelift. <laughs> um, and you can talk about that in a second, but you, it, you know, it takes time and, and we're more critical of ourselves because obviously we're in the people that are helping other businesses. And if we can't communicate what we do, then, you know, how do we help other people communicate what we do? And, and so really digging down and, and looking at, you know, the essence of, of the way I am now, the way my business is now, and how do I make that change to where I want to go with substance? And, you know, is it, is it superficial? Is it, a, is it a, you know, a, a paint job? Am I just, you know, painting different colors and delivering the same thing? Or am I really digging down and creating a different value proposition and messaging that helps differentiate me from other folks? And, and so t- talk about uh, kind of your process in, in the struggles you might have had even doing your own. Well, and I think this happens a lot, right? And, and you're right. You know, we are very critical of ourselves. And because we do this for our clients, you know, we are both in a very competitive space. So how do we differentiate? How do we stand out among the sea of, you know, quote unquote experts or resources? So, you know, I'm always a big fan of less is more, not just from a design perspective, but just from even from a strategy and, and messaging and everything in that regard. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we can be good at many, many things. You know, we can we, we can be good at designing, developing websites. We can be good at identity system and, and logos and marketing collateral and trade show marketing and all these things and email marketing and all that. But I think at the end of the day, we really need to focus on the few things that we're good at, right? So, you know, we and, and our clients, they we all need to be specialists, right? We need to be special all. So how do you do that? Well, you can't do that as a generalist, right? And and I think for companies who are maybe early on and and, and starting out, um, certainly the case I think for for me a long time ago, that you just want to grab everything, right? Because you you're excited about where the business is going, you're excited about the opportunity. So you're just grabbing whatever comes, right? And you end up spending a lot of time, you know, either talking to folks who are not the right fit or you just not getting paid what it should be, right? And then that becomes your brand. And once you establish that as your brand, um, even unintentionally, it's very hard to get out of it, right? Then you have to rebrand to get out of it. So, you know, I, I think the key is to be, you know, to focus, right, your positioning and and messaging and everything in a few things, you know, what are you good at, you know, at, at, at a few things and, and, and why should somebody hire you instead of your competitors, right? So be very strategic and, and less is more and really focus on those things. And eventually, once you establish that relationship with the client or your customers, then they'll get to know more of you or your services, then you can expand, you know, and, and, and work on other things because now you have that trust built. And so you have to start somewhere, but, you know, don't start out with a shotgun approach, right? I always call it like the sniper approach, you know, just, just, just be very intentional and focus on the few things. Don't do the shotgun, you know, e-blast <laughs> approach. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of my, my uh, um, lesson there. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we think about sales funnels and marketing funnels. We talk about them all the time. But at the top of that funnel, 
regardless of what it is, is about awareness. And, and the communications need to know, and I mean, how you communicate where your potential prospect is in that, in that funnel. And I, you know, funnel is a way overused word, but at the end of the day, if I don't know who you are, I'm not going to buy your product or your service. And so that, that initial communication of, of clarity and relevancy in how they interact with you is, is extremely important. And, and again, back to your point earlier on, I mean, it's not a, it's not a trademark, a name, a, you know, a specific product or a service. It's, a, it's about something that's uh, intangible more than even tangible. I, I, I use this definition and I, I'm sure I, it's a real definition as opposed to something I made up, but I usually say, you know, brand is a set of expectations, memories, stories, and relationships both tangible and intangible that taken together account for a rational and or emotional decision to choose one product or service over another. So it, it isn't just that I tell clients is, is all the time is it isn't about just your product. It isn't about the, the rational things of your product. I, I do a process called laddering where I'll look at the tangibles, the, the, the factual things and layer them up or ladder them up to the emotional side of why it's important to, why this you know feature for examples for what's what's the value of it to you know that my customer or the customer of the product and how can i make that connection if i can't make that connection then it's just a bunch of features that that mean nothing right there's and so we we really have to understand and weave and and so i think the point of my story here into into the listeners is you just can't wake up one day and decide you're going to have a brand I mean, it takes time. It takes, it's like raising a kid. I mean, you is really what it is. And you want to make it through, you know, the, 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 the early years and then through the, the uh, elementary school and on to high school and middle school and into college. Right. So it takes Mm -hmm. time to really grow. And, and, you know, for you, you're, you're heading into your 18th year. So obviously you're, you're doing something right. I mean, my agency was 13 years old before I sold it and, and, uh, you know, it, it took time to to build a reputation and and to be known as for something. And again, what differentiates us from from others? Talk about um, what do you think the biggest misunderstanding is when you're talking to a customer or a prospect when it comes to creating or redefining and growing a brand? What where, where do you think the your experience lands when it, when it comes to a, someone talking to you about what they think versus what the realities are? Well, I, I think everyone, well, maybe not everyone, um, you know, they, they often think, right, well, we're, 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 we're best at doing this or, or we're the best out of this and, and we have the best people, right? And, and, and all those things might be true, but then if your core competitors are all saying that, then how is your, how is their, your, your prospects or customer really under, you know, know, like who's telling the truth, right? So I think some of those things have become kind of watered down, like, oh, we have the best service or all that. I mean, those are very kind of generic positioning, right? Which they don't really work well because they're too generic. So I think how we can help is we, we dig deeper beyond that, right? We help them figure out what really make you guys unique, right? You know, because ultimately they are in their business day to day, 
which is really good. They know their business better than we do, but because they're 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 in it every day, sometimes it's hard for them to see from the outside. And so we, because we're not on the inside, we can look at things differently and help them see perhaps what makes them truly unique, what really differentiate them as you know, a company, their services or products, um, and, and really, really kind of pull those out. And we actually did that with one client. We were able to go in there and, and after doing the internal brand audit and doing some external brand audit, look at their competitors, talking to their executive team, you know, we got a lot of data. We got a lot of feedback and data, but by looking through all, all the data and research we've done, we were actually able to help them figure out, like, this is what makes you guys unique. This is what makes you guys different. And this is how you need to position your company going forward. This is your brand. And, and you're going to live by it, you're breathe by it. Nothing's going to deviate from this until maybe the market shifts or there's a restructuring of the company again. But this is who you guys are now for now. And, and so it's to me, it's going beyond the generic stuff, the, the fluff, if you would, and, and really just really figure out what's going to be differentiating uh, your company than, than your competitors are saying. Do you find that, um, you know, differentiation is, it, it, it is a process I, I go through and, and, and you, you indicated this. I find so many times that what a client thinks is their strong differentiators. It's a, you know, it's a, oh, you know, oh, hum kind of thing. It's like, oh, my God, you know, uh, I, I had a I had a client who they said, we've been in business 30 years and that's one of our key differentiators. Well, when I started doing my analysis it was like well yeah that's important but oh by the way you've got a key competitor who's been in business 28 years yeah you beat them by two but this one over here has been in business for 40 years so if, if you're saying that your 30 years makes you different then that makes them better right so it's really trying to get them clarity i the other thing i hear all the time and i think you also said this is we got great people well, they got great people. How, how do you determine your people are greater than their people, right? Huh. And, and and how relevant is that, that I know you've got the best, you know, inventory manager or, or CFO if I'm concerned about, you know, does the product work? I'm more concerned about manufacturing or whatever it happens to be. And so getting, getting a company and the leadership to truly understand what those points of differentiation what their true competitive differentiation is, is, is really important. And the, and the thing that I, I see, and I was getting ready to pound my desk because this is, this is one of my pet peeves, is, is they don't take the time to dig and do the research to really understand. You know, sitting around a boardroom talking to yourselves over and over and over again about how you're different and what's going on, you know, frankly, I don't care. I want to know what the customers, I want to know what the market thinks. I want to look at the competition. Then we can figure out what the true differentiators are. And, and so I find sometimes that, you know, when we do that, I, I make those presentations and, and I get pushback. You know, I heard what you said, but, and I heard what the market said, but I, I, I did, uh, I was in the action sports industry for a long time and, and 
and I remember there was a, a new TV show that was coming out and was called five, four, three, two, one. And it was a, I don't know if you've ever seen fuel television, if you're into action sports at all, but so that was a Fox show and it was on for a long time. So we're doing five, four, three, two, one. And we've got these focus groups going on and we got all the kids and we're showing them, you know, clips of what it might they show. We're going through the different um, uh, kind of directions for the show or testing the hosts. And at the end of the day, the recommendation was this show was not going to work. And here are the reasons why. And all the people, frankly, from New York in their suits <laughs> said, uh, you know what? We don't believe what they said. They don't know what they're talking about. We're, we're going to roll ahead. They launched the show and six months later, it was dead. <laughs> and, and, and I've seen that before where, you know, we're hired to give counsel and to do the work that we do. And then they don't listen. And then when things don't go right, you know, they want to blame it on marketing. <laughs> 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 so tell me another story. I, it's we're we you know we're storytellers. This is this is a this is a a, a business entertainment show. I think maybe I'm going to switch my positioning up. Um, so tell me a story. Tell me an interesting story. I got tons of them, but tell me an interesting story uh, about you know a great success, one that maybe didn't even go so well. Those are always fun too, because we we learn by things that don't work. Well, I got to think about that one. Um, I really can't think of one particular one right away, but I think what I do want to kind of touch on regarding the story is, um, and, and you know, this coming from marketing, right? And, and a lot of time, you know, we talk about branding and, 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 and marketing and often tell folks that we have to get the branding right before we do the marketing, because marketing supports branding, but then marketing is also part of branding. And, and a lot of organizations, they often start out very tactical in nature, right? They, you know, oh, we That's got a chicken and the egg. I, I literally had that written down on my, on my notes here, chicken or the egg. And that's, yeah. that's what we're talking about. It, it, exactly. It's, it's very tactical in nature in terms of like, oh, we got a trade show coming up. We got to create some collateral pieces. And of course, you know, add last minute to it. Right. Um, and or we have this um, new market we're going into. So we've got to have some brochures. Right. It's, it's very tactical. It, but then truly they haven't really defined and differentiated like we talked about who they are. And so year after year, everything is always very tactical. And you wonder why nothing's changed, right? So, you know, branding to me kind of comes before marketing. And it's, to me, it's kind of the who you are or who you want to be. And marketing, simply put, in, in a way, is, is what to do with who you are. So you got to figure out who you are before you know what to do with it. So, you know, there's, so, so you got to do the branding right first and then the marketing. But, but, but then the question becomes, you know, maybe, a question you can answer is, how, well, then, you know, we can't just ground the plane for six to eight months for branding and not do any marketing. So how do you keep the plane flying while you're, you know, making the plane better or building a new plane? So how do you do that? So um, I, I know we can talk about that the entire podcast, but that's, you know, I think that comes up often, right? Because a lot of these growth, growth stage company, they can't just stop everything. So they have to keep going. So how do you do that? Yeah. You know, that's, that's a great, that's a great, point and a great challenge and 
And, you know, I, I like to look at kind of uh, dual paths. And uh, I, I actually, I'll, I'll go back to a client last fall. Their their messaging was off. They they really weren't focused in their the way they were communicating to their different verticals. They had kind of a one size fits all and it just wasn't relevant to the various verticals. However, while we were going through that process of, of really digging in and defining who they were and how, you know, what how we were going to walk and talk and chew gum at the same time, they had a very specific challenge uh, from a, a, a one of their big vendors were giving up an opportunity or, or a service and, and they saw an opportunity to take it over. But we couldn't wait, you know, three months for all the, the kind of brand and positioning work to do, because by the time that happened, the, the, you know, the opportunity was missed. So we had to kind of run in, in parallel. And so what we did is is knowing that, you know, what the message was that we needed to deliver. And we started delivering that. But as we started to fine tune and start to bring in perspective of what kind of the, the, the repositioning was and the new look and feel and tonality, we started slowly integrating it into the campaign. So by the time we all got to the three month mark, the campaign that we were running and you know the new the new positioning work and brand work were in parallel. So that that's how we did it in this particular case. Um, as opposed to doing it linear, right? You wait to three months and now you're, you're out with a new message. And and so we just integrated as we went slowly along. And I've seen that before and, I, and I've done that before. And actually, I'm about to do it where start to integrate some of the, the new brand cues and, and what the look and the feel and tone. I've actually started that already um, on, on my on my logo. And I'm going to start introducing some of the new elements of the new new logo and things that are going on so i want to do it slowly because i don't want to just you know one day wake up and somebody said hey you know what happened to the ponzi group um so i you know i've got a strategy uh i talked to uh you know my branding expert which is you know happens to be me and uh <laughs> and uh, i think it's a good strategy and and um, you're looking in the mirror i argue with myself sometimes about this but I think it's important that, uh, you know, it, 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 people, you know, think about the planning, do the plan work, get it there. And yes, you're, you're right. Bronson. A lot of times you, you can't just, you know, park the plane and, and, and wait until, uh, you know, everything's ready to rock and roll again. So there are different ways to approach it. And, you know, hopefully the clients have the budget to do both uh -huh. um, because, because a lot of the stuff has to be done simultaneously. It just can't be done on a linear basis but some does what has been your biggest challenge wow how do i answer that <laughs> question um i think it's really helping clients understand the value that we bring right because because if you're new to hiring you know branding services or marketing per se that how do you measure the value Right. And if you're in front of a CFO, right, you know, they want proof of like, well, how is this going to increase uh, profitability? How is this going to cut down cost? And, and you being marketing know how to kind of decipher and, and get through all of that. But but I think is, you know, sometimes it's like, well, how do I know this is going to pay off? And, and, and I think I think that's often a challenge uh, to some degree. And, and then especially when you make creative and creativity into the mix because it's not 
it's not just art, but you know, to me it's art and science because we're essentially solving business challenges. We're providing solutions, you know, for business. Uh, it's not, this is not really art, right? I don't really like to use that word, but you know, to them, it's kind of like, well, how is this going to help uh, my business and how is it going to improve, you know, X, Y, Z. And I think sometimes we have to, prove ourselves, right? So how do we do that, right? With with uh, case studies, uh, perhaps with some client testimony, um, but maybe even more data behind it and really, you know, kind of, you know, I, I think companies, um, you know, they, why do they hire certain group, right? Is is that the people, is that the process, is that the product, right? But at some time, I believe it's all three, right? And 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 so, and, and price, let's add this, the fourth P, right? It's price, right? So how do you combat that um, and and as you and I know, you and I know that design and, and creativity, all that has become very commoditized, right? Over the last decade, right? You can literally get you know something done next to nothing, and then if and then you have to add that you have peers, right? Maybe overseas or, or wherever doing all these things and logos, you know, just next to nothing. So how do you justify and how do you convince that you're convince your clients that, hey, you need to spend thousands of dollars on a new logo versus, you know, a hundred bucks. I mean, I mean, how, how do they, how do you even convince to that? So I think that's when we have to become more of a trusted advisor and really kind of look at them. This is a business issue. This is more strategic. It's not just a logo. You know, anybody can make something pretty if they're good, but, you know, we actually dig deeper and look at your brand, right? I keep going back to the brand. Because that needs to be the foundation that all of these things are reflection of, right? So I think that's how we sell, you know, in terms of the creative side is that there's not a shortage of us out there, right? But then how do you differentiate? And so I think we have to um, just look at things differently. And, and, you know, there's a price to be paid, right? I mean, I mean, for everything, but at the same time, you know, there are times where we have to negotiate, right? So there's, you know, what is that point where like, you know, we, we just, the, the value we provide is much more than this and we can't just do it and we have to say no and turn it down. Um, so that's, I think that's kind of an ongoing challenge. I think, I don't think that's going away and with everything going digital uh, in a way that's getting worse in, in some sense, but at the same time it's, it's good because then at level, I think the playing field um, for a lot of different organizations, small and large, that, hey, we, we now can have this really, really great digital presence, just like the big guys. Yeah, you, you, you touched on a few points I want to go back to. And, and, and the first one is, is about fees and payment. You know, it, it's to your point, I mean, I can go out and, you know, frankly, go on Fiverr and get a logo done for $30. But I'm not sure that I'm getting the experience and the value versus, so, you know, there's that perception. Well, I can go get that done. I actually had a client tell me that, 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 that they went out and, you know, had a head fiber do their, their press release and, and then they tweaked it up. But, you know, to me that, that was a way to get a first draft, but that's certainly not it. And so there's a variance. I I literally talked to a a, a friend of mine who's in the creative space and, you know, he'll charge you $1,500, $2,000, sometimes even more for, for a logo and identity package. And then I can pick up the phone and call another guy I know, and he'll charge you $400. So 
you know, that there's that disparity. And, and I don't think a lot of times, especially on the creativity side, that it's the, the visuals that tend to speak and what's what people relate to. But where I'm going with this, it's to me, it's about, you know, how do you price? You know, if someone says I'm a lawyer and I charge you 600 bucks an hour, they go, oh, wow, it's expensive, but you must be really good. You know, I come in and say I'm a marketing guy and I charge you 600 bucks an hour. They, they go, well, I can get this guy over here for $200, right? So it doesn't quite equate. But to me, it's not about the the hourly, if you will, the, the dollar you charge, the amount you charge for an hour. It's about the experience that's packed into that hour. Correct. And, and so it's, you know, at $200 an hour, you know, and 25 or 30 years of experience versus $200 an hour with five years of experience. I mean, to me, there's, 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 there's that, the, the value that an organization brings from a marketing or creative side that, that substantiates that you're getting a lot more in, in, in that time. So I, I think, I think the debate over money is certainly a lot and, and the commoditization of, of marketing and, you know, tools that are out there that, you know, anybody and their brother can go out and, and, and I think that's a challenge for, for marketing folks. Measurement. How do you measure? What's my return on investment? And, and it, and it's a difficult question because a lot of times you just can't answer it. I mean, you're generating doing a lead gen or you're doing, you know, e-commerce sales. Well, it's pretty straightforward if you're not, you know, the cash register is not ringing. But when you're not, you know, ringing the cash register and you have to do other kinds of measurement. So I'm a big stickler on defining what that is before we launch and mm-hmm. to make sure that everybody's in agreement. I, I, I tell I literally told this to a prospect yesterday is I don't know how to to measure you yet. But but part of it's going to be dollars. But part of it might just be getting you in front of somebody and having a meeting. And what's the value of that or getting you into a presentation What's the value of that? I, I literally have a conversion on my website for podcasting. So people go to my website and they they hit my podcast page. You know, it pings me that, that you know, I'm doing something right. That's the way I look at it. I did something right to get somebody to go to that page and, and to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. And so measurement becomes a real definition. And, and the other thing I tell people is, you know, if you want me to, to, to be responsible from soup to nuts, your re- true return on your investment of your strategy work, your creative work and the implementation to drive sales and drive leads to the sales department, then frankly, I need to control your sales department. I need to control your HR department because I want to hire the right people. I need to control your manufacturing department. And frankly, Mr. CEO, I need your job. <laughs> and then I'll guarantee you that it will work. Right. Because there's so many road bumps that things can go awry. You know, you you've experienced this and I'm sure the listeners have heard it. Right. The the leads come in, the marketing people hand them over to sales. Sales make it to a phone call. It's a bad lead. They got all these suck. And, you know, so it's it, there's so many different aspects of that. And, the, and I know I'm rambling on. But I got I, I'm main, trying to make three points here. And the third one is. um I was in a meeting yesterday, and this is a great example. And the uh, founder says, I've hired other marketing people before, and it didn't work out. And frankly, it was a disaster. And I probably heard that 10 times in the last 60 days as I'm talking to somebody about potentially hiring me. And, 
and so how do you how do you we all of us overcome that kind of a situation we're already going in they've already got a bad taste in their mouth they 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 didn't get what they expected the person gave them a whole bunch of processes and you know ran them around at the end of the day didn't move the needle or frankly didn't do much as far as actually executing on all the upfront work that they did so Join in. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just eaten up about five minutes pontificating here. But what are some of your thoughts on, you know, payments, measurement and, you know, facing that? I don't believe in marketing or marketing has never worked for me. Yeah, no, uh, those are really good questions. And we can probably do a second podcast on, on just that. But, you know, I think you're talking about measurements and, 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 and how do you how do you prove that, you know, branding and marketing really get to pay off? You know, a lot of time it's not going to pay off financially in the short term, right? Like you said, it could be things that would help, you know, get to that goal eventually. And and and, and those things could be like you're going to have a shortened uh, sales cycle because now your your presentation is much more concise. Um, so your sales cycle is going to get shorter and therefore will you know, get to the, the end goal sooner if, if, if you close the deal, right? So that's one example. Or, you know, your, your website's going to get more traffic because the way that you architect the, the website, the way that you enhance the user experience on the website, whether it's, it's messaging, look and feel, design, um, you really thought that out in terms of somebody, how somebody's going to navigate through your site from point A to point B. And when they're in point B, how do they go from point B to point Z, right? If it makes sense. So all those things kind of help, I think, your, your customers have a better experience. So better experience could lead to potential discussions about, you know, being a actual customer. So all these things are, are not necessarily paying off right away, but you're helping them to reach the end goal sooner. So I think that's one thing I would say, right? That all the things we do is essentially are going to do a lot of things going to help, you know, with the financial part eventually. But in the short term, there are a lot of things that you may not see from a financial perspective, but it's going to get there eventually. If you keep it consistent, if you keep the process, you, you keep, you know, it's not just one part, right? like you said, you know, it, it involves many, many different people and sales and marketing have to work hand in hand and all of those things. So um, and, and going back to your point about, you know, how do you convince somebody who had a bad experience with marketing or a brand in the past? You know, to me, it actually comes back to like asking a question. Are they really a qualified lead? Right. Like, why should I convince somebody who is sick? Uh, to go, uh, who who is sick, but they don't think they're sick to go to a doctor, right? I'd rather talk to somebody who know they're sick, they need the doctor, than try to talk to somebody who's like, well, I don't think I'm sick, I don't need to go to a doctor, you know. So I, I think I think it goes back to like, really, are they qualified or not qualified? Should I be spending my time prospecting them or not? So you know, and I know you know, you just have to entertain the idea sometimes because of maybe a relationship or because of whatever reason you just have to do it. So you just kind of have to kind of strategize, like, is this, you know, really worth kind of nurturing in terms of the funnel or not? So um, that's my two cents on it. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we could, we could probably talk for hours on all this stuff. I mean, it's, there's so many different challenges when it comes to marketing and the brand and, and just getting it right. I mean, even the, you know, the, the brand personality, I mean, how do you, what's your tonality? 
you know, what kind of image are you trying to create? Are you, you know, real professional or are you a little more, you know, fun loving? I mean, all those things and those factors come in and defining ultimately what the company is going to stand for and the brand's going to stand for. And brand, you know, a brand could be the company, brand could be the product, brand. I mean, there's a whole brand architecture and infrastructure that, again, another whole entire conversation. Okay. So, Bronson, this has been a great conversation. We are coming down to, to the end. So I'm going to ask one last question. What are two or three, could be four, kind of suggestions that, that you can give the listeners when it, that they should take, besides calling you, of course, what they should take uh, in, in helping to define in their brand and making sure that it has long-term success? Wow, those are, that's a good question. Um, and I don't think there's a single answer for that, right? But I'll try to summarize it. I, I, I think part of it really, you know, when it comes to branding, it gets very personal, right? Especially for smaller, maybe even mid-sized organizations. And if you're talking about a logo or a color scheme, it gets even more personal, uh, especially for a company who has that logo for like the last 40 years, right? And, you know, my, my grandfather came up with that and we kind of tweaked it over the last decade. And so, you know, it, so I, I think one of the things, right, is to look at things more objectively and, and, and not let personal preferences really play too much into the creativity. So, you know, color is a big thing, right? Well, I don't like this color because it reminds me of, my college competitor. Well, that's not really what your audience is thinking about. You know, you have to think in terms of your buyers, your audience. So what's going to really resonate with them, take your personal preferences aside and, and really um, think about that from your customer perspective. And so I think that's, you know, one of the things, right, is, you know, try not to get too emotional involved with the decision. I mean, at the end of the day, right, it's, it's ultimately you're the client, you decide what's going to work for you but you know don't get to evolve involved with it from a personal standpoint um and then number two i think right when it comes to design and, and creativity and all these things because what we talked about being commoditized in um in today's world you know really seek out professionals right not like this, these online you know crowdsourcing places or like, well, let me see what my nephew can do because he's kind of creative and, and you know, he's really good at, at sketching and this. And well, that might be the talent, but does he know how to think from a business perspective, really kind of look at the business holistically from a brand perspective? All those things really kind of play into. So I would caution um, the listeners to really think about who they talk to and really kind of do their due diligence and doing the homework. Um, and, and, and to let the experts do what they do best. So, you know, just like you're going to hire a plumber, let the plumber do what they do best. Don't try to do this yourself. Um, and you may have to once you, you know, mess something up. So, um, anyway, that's, that's my kind of two cents on that. All right. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much. And this has been a great conversation. I love talking about marketing as I can hear that you do as well. I mean, that's what we live and breathe every day. Um, so why don't you take a second, tell the listeners how they can connect with you and where they can find you and, and learn more about your business. Yeah. So our website is bronsonmaw.com. And, um, 
And I'm also on LinkedIn and just search for my name and I will come up on LinkedIn as well. All right. Well, fantastic. So here comes my commercial. A chief marketing officer has both the power and the responsibility to drive long-term strategic growth that can ultimately lead to organizational prosperity. And that growth starts with a vision. What is your firm's definition of success? Growth? How will you strategically work towards expansion, for example? Equally important, what is your customer's perception of your firm? And how well do you meet a need or deliver value? When you begin to align your vision with that of your customer, you build a stronger, lasting relationship with them. You see the whole picture, realizing the lifetime value of that customer, as well as the lifetime value you provide. A CMO must look at success with a strategic mindset, looking beyond the transactional. The CMO must understand the customer journey, utilizing the competitive intelligence, embracing and leveraging your unique market insights. If your business is ready for growth and you need a CMO, but you're not quite ready for a full-time person yet, I'd welcome the opportunity to explore the benefits of using a fractional CMO. Visit theponzagroup.com to learn more. Uh, again, everybody, thank you for joining us at the cafe today. And lastly, please subscribe to the show. And if you're already a subscriber, please encourage others that you think would benefit from this great content like we heard today. Go to the businessgrowthcafe.com or subscribe on any, I mean, any podcast platform you like to listen to. I am now on Amazon Music. I can find me on Alexa. I mean, I, I'm getting everywhere. I'm going to take over the world, Bronson. I'm going to take over the world with this podcast brand, my friend. And don't forget to join me here next week on the Business Growth Cafe. Bronson, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Angelo. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.